You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For all things ATL. ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host... Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy Dylan Matthews alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peach Street Football. Make sure you like this podcast, follow the podcast, and download it wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Peach Street Football is there. Bo Morgan, it is a Friday, and we're another day closer to Bengals Falcons. A big week seven matchup for the Atlanta Falcons, really the Cincinnati Bengals, too, as both of these teams try to get over 500 for the first time this season. We are going to get all into the, the, the nitty gritty of this matchup. We're going to give you some keys to the game. We're going to give you matchups to watch. I'm going to give you what I think is going to be the deciding factor in this game and Dylan's deciding factor. But first and foremost, Bo Morgan, we got to talk about a big, 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 big old trade that happened with some NFL news and notes. Christian McCaffrey has been traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And I should have already had this pulled up, but I'm going to pull it up real quick to give you the full terms of the deal. Christian McCaffrey has been traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a second round pick in 2023, a third rounder in 2023, and a fourth round pick in 2023, plus a fifth round pick in 2024. The Panthers got a haul, as they should have, for the star running back. We'll see if he can stay healthy in San Francisco. Still not quite sure yet if he's going to play this week for the 49ers, but man, the 49ers just got a whole lot. It was a good team that we that luckily we, we we got before they got Christian McCaffrey. But that is a good team that just got a whole lot better as well. Yeah, I um I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think this is a ridiculous amount to give up for a guy who I mean, honestly, he's played 10 games coming yep. into the season mm-hmm. in the last two years. Um, and crazy. he's now he has played six this year. He showed up on the injury report every week, which doesn't really I don't really I don't really <laughs> yeah. care about that as much. Right. Um, but he's played in six games so far this year. Under 400 yards rushing. A couple of touchdowns, you know, where this guy is extremely dangerous. Is in the is in the 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 passing game to me. Yeah. He's as good in the passing game as he is anywhere else. This is a guy that in 2019 had a, was a thousand yard rusher and a almost a 1500 yard rusher and a thousand yard receiver. Yep. But it's a lot to give up for an often injured guy, a guy who I think Carolina really ran in the ground early in his career. Oh, um, definitely. This guy had. He's never carried the ball more than 300 yard times in a season, which is honestly a lot of times to carry the ball right. uh, in today's game. But he's a guy who's had 100 receptions multiple times. He's just not been healthy lately. I I, I, I think 
I mean, you essentially just gave up your entire 2023 draft and then went in and dipped into 24. A second, yep. a third, and a fourth. Those are rounds that are very vital to, to building teams. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, keeping teams relevant. Uh, you know, as far and what I mean by that is that's the meat and potatoes of the draft. You find starters in the second in the third yes. round and, and in the yes. fourth in some ways. You know, when you get fifth, sixth, seventh is a little bit different, but for a team that is, has players signed, you have to – now, I know that they do have a rookie quarterback – or not a rookie quarterback, but a quarterback on a rookie contract uh, once Garoppolo is gone after this season because, you know, there's Jimmy G. I don't expect to be there next year. Not me either. So, I, I just – I think it's a lot. And I think they've got a lot of issues and, and, and some play issues in bigger places than just – a running back. So yeah. I, I hate this trade for San Francisco. I think it's way too much for a team that could use help maybe in the secondary because they've got Emmanuel Mosley who's now gone and and uh, uh what's it Chavarius Ward um mm-hmm. has been uh you know has been has been banged up this year. You've got Kinlaw and Armstead and Bosa all missed last week. Oh, those are all defensive positions. They're a good defense with some injuries. I, I I'm just I don't like it. It does seem a little desperate. Not really a fan of this trade for San Francisco. I think it's good for what they get. I just think the price is too much for a guy who, again, maybe his better days could be um, past him. Now, the one thing I'll say before I let you kind of jump in here is he's going to an offense that he's not going to be maybe expected to do as much as he was. And I right. think it's good for them on the field because now they have McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. I mean, and yeah. then Jeff Wilson, who's your battering ram running back. So this could be this could be maybe a good move as far as it maybe it helps his career. But just as far as the hall, don't like that. I do think it's good for San Francisco. Though. I think the help is going to be good for them. Just don't like. How much they had to give up. Yeah, like you said, they gave up the again two, three, maybe, you know, four starters. Uh, when you talk about how many draft picks they gave up, because like you said, you find starters in the second, third, if you if you draft right in, in the fifth round as well. So they gave up a lot to get Christian McCaffrey, who, like you said, could have his his best prime years could be behind him. And the other thing about this trade is too, is like you already have a, a young running backs that are in the backfield ready to go. I know Eli Mitchell got hurt, but I don't believe that was a season-ending injury. He's on IR right now, but I think they should be getting him back fairly soon in the next, you know, couple or few weeks. You have Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. has been running the ball well, and I know they'll still utilize him in the backfield too. You know, maybe he'll he'll kind of be more of the workhorse, and they'll use Christian McCaffrey maybe in more uh, passing downs. And, you know, they'll use him some in the in the handoff game as well. So, you know, like you said, it makes sense in the fact that you add another weapon and you make your offense just that more dangerous. But you're destroying your future for what? And again, this is a team that you you have a you're going to have a rookie quarterback coming back. You're going to have, you know, I understand you're going to have, you know, I guess cap space to spend um, for the. San Francisco 49ers, possibly. Um, but still, 
we know good NFL teams are built by the draft. And you're basically, like you said, giving up a whole year of draft picks for a guy that hasn't really been healthy, who seems like, again, maybe he got a little ran to the ground too much in Carolina, and I don't know how productive he's going to be. Now, again, he might not have to be as productive as he was in in uh, Carolina. So we'll see how it works out. If the San Francisco 49ers get a Super Bowl out of it, you know, then kudos to them. It was worth it. But we'll uh, we'll see just exactly how the Christian McCaffrey experiment works in uh, San Francisco. But, you know, um, San Francisco said, hey, we're at least going to try. We're taking a shot. We're going all in. And that's exactly what they have done. They will be a scary team, I will say, when, when they get Bosa. Rick Armstead back, uh, Javon Kinlaw, who they they all might have a chance to play this week. And, you know, whenever Christian McCaffrey gets into the fold. So it, well, it will be a scary team. I do think it's a – I think you think it's a move that says, look, we know we're banged up defensively. We've won right. games early this season defensively. Right. We now need to make the offense more dynamic uh, and give Garoppolo one more thing. Because the one thing and, – and and me and me and Arch talked about this, and he talked about it on the broadcast – that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is used to be a guy that would that would run and more than yeah. and he's he's gotten injured that way and he's gotten a little bit older and I just don't mm-hmm. think he's as open to it and I don't think he's as good right. uh, physically as a runner as he used to be. I think that's kind of one of the things that injuries and 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 age is kind of taken away. So that being said, this does make them that much more of a dynamic offense. Yes, which is. Which is which is which is good for them because now they they can you know we saw them be stagnant at times last week mm-hmm. and so this is going to help them really kind of open their offense up and maybe get in a shootout and when this defense does get 100 percent healthy they are going to be ready to roll and they're going to be set up to win so what I will say about this and where this affects the Falcons now that San Francisco is in the rear view for the time being in the schedule. Um, Two games coming up with Carolina, and you really basically they just got rid of their best player on their team. Yeah, uh, definitely their best offensive weapon. So that does weaken a team that's already on the fritz. So now Atlanta has to come into those games with a good mindset. Yes. You know, don't don't drop your guard. But right. it looks like those games got a maybe a little bit easier for our Falcons. And hopefully that's two wins at three and three right now. That's hopefully two wins they have in there. Um, you know, they that they can kind of I don't want to say rely on, but I'm not mistaken, and I know I'm not. The Falcons play the Panthers next week. The 30th, yeah. they play the Panthers. They then they they stay at home, uh, I believe against the Chargers. Um, and 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 then they turn around on the 10th and Thursday night football and they go to Carolina. Yep. So you know. This is an opportunity that the Falcons have with two games against a team that's reeling, that's getting rid of guys, that kind of goes, okay, boom, here we go. Now we maybe can, you know, that's that's, that's one last thing we have to worry about when we face Carolina. Exactly. And I'm glad you touched on Carolina because before we, you know, wrap this up and move on to Falcons-Bengals, I did want to say this. It, it I don't want to say, you know, necessarily Carolina looks like they're throwing in the towel for this season, but it kind of looks like they're throwing in the towel for this season. I mean, I know Baker Mayfield uh, is is injured right now. P.J. Walker, I believe, is going to get the start for the Panthers. 
on Sunday. Um, I don't know what they're going to plan on doing with Sam Darnold, if he's going to get any sort of snaps or not. Um, I think he was act- he's actually coming back from injury, too, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So Carolina Panthers yeah, right now. Yeah, he's coming off the IR. I don't expect okay. him to. I don't expect. I mean, he might see something next week. But you know, normally when guys come off the IR like that, it takes when you they, you 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 activate them off the IR. We saw it like with and I know it's a different position, but with Isaiah Oliver, how yeah, how he, but they do want to get him back in the fold. Look, right. giving up on the season, I think what we're seeing is uh, after the rule firing, it's kind of a regime change here, yeah. uh, Dylan. Okay, well, you know we're gonna. You've seen uh, a Matt Rule guy and Robbie Anderson who couldn't get along with coaching staff. Boom, he's gone. Ironically, to a team that has their own issues with screaming at coaches, um, as we saw last night with the Cardinals <laughs> and uh, a no, game with Kyler Murray and Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But then you you look at they're they're basically hitting a reset button, um, and so they're getting what they can about teams that need guys. Uh, I, I wouldn't say giving up on the season; they're still going to want to try to ruin a season, especially right. of a division rival, and that's always got to be in the back of your head. Yep. But there are turning the page mm-hmm. in on 2022 and the Matt Rule regime already in the middle of it, they're still going to try to win games. Everyone on that team and that coaching staff is trying to win games because they're they're all auditioning for jobs for next year. We've seen this in Atlanta right. when we when Dan Quinn was fired like five games into the season and Raheem Morris took over. Yep. That being said, they're trying to get what they can, move some guys that they don't want that they're that the front office is ready to move on from, and then the coach comes in and come and whoever comes in and can kind of build his own little uh, you know, build rebuild the team how they seem fit. So we will see how the Carolinas just exactly, you know, start to rebuild things as they turn a page to a new regime. But I'm glad you touched on the fact of the Atlanta Falcons upcoming schedule too, because it does start to open up a little bit to Bo Morgan here. So after the Bengals, which again, where we're, we're about to talk about, I think we both think it is a pretty winnable game going up to Cincinnati and, and getting a win. It's not, it's not, it's not far fetched or anything like that. Then right after that, we have the Panthers, who we just talked about, the Chargers, the Panthers again on Thursday night football, the Bears, who that you got to think that's a pretty winnable game, the Commanders, the Steelers, the Saints, who you know we saw. Last night, I mean, it was a barn burner, but that's a Cardinals defense who didn't look too good last night either. Then uh, the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. So you you close out the schedule a little bit tougher, but the the meat and potatoes of of the schedule that we're about to get into it looks pretty good for the Atlanta Falcons when you talk about games that you feel good about getting a win in. Uh, Bo Morgan. Well, yeah, what it, what, I mean, you got this is what these are advantages. These are, you know, I say advantages, but these are the schedule kind of issues that you've got to take advantage of. Yeah. We, we, as you said, the seams after you get through the sense. And I think the Chargers are still a good team as well. Oh, yeah, they are. They are. But you do have the Panthers twice, the Commanders, Saints are reeling. We don't know what Baltimore is. This is kind of, though, when, uh, you know, the way you mentioned it, they, this is a team, though, that they started with what was supposed to be, um, you know, a really good Saints team, and, and and they were still healthy in week one. And then you yeah. went on the road to play L.A. Right and then you had to go on the road again to play Seattle. Seattle's been a better team than, than a lot of people yeah. give them credit for. Right. Um, you know, a 500 team. 
Mm-hmm. And, and then you had to turn around and come home and play a Browns team that was a really good Browns team and then go on the road to play Tampa. And you should yeah. have won that. And then you got the San Francisco 49ers in here. So that was a tough part of the schedule. Yes. You've gotten through it three and three. Now go maybe maybe go pull something off with a, with a, with a Cincinnati team that's still trying to find their way. Yep. Um, and then reel off some wins against some teams that are that are that are that are reeling. You get yeah. through that maybe seven and five, uh, you know, six and six, eight and four, something like that. Now, boom, you finish those final five games you were kind of talking about, and we can go um, go through those final five five games again. So, you know, you got the Steelers. What are they? You've got oh, actually, I would start with the Commanders, but then you got the Commanders, the Steelers, the Saints. Going to be in New Orleans. That can be an easy game. Baltimore on the road. Yeah. Cardinals team. You don't know what they're going to be, but that could be fighting. They're four. They're three, right. four now, or uh, so they're fighting for a playoffs. They're maybe fighting for a spot. Right. And then Tampa Bay, which at at home, uh, which could be a it could be a playoff a game, a game for a playoff implication. Not even just for a playoff spot for the division. Division. Yeah, you're right. So absolutely, get yourself good footing. Try to get healthy as much as you can against some bad teams, not only in the win-loss record, but maybe you you know, you can afford some guys being out there with, with Hayward. And then boom, turn around and, and get what you need. So yeah, there's an opportunity here for Atlanta, a real opportunity. And the opportunity starts with the Cincinnati Bengals. With that, let's talk about the matchup for Sunday, Bo Morgan. First with matchups to watch. What you got as far as matchups to watch when it comes to Falcons versus Bengals? So I know we got a lot. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do three or four like I've gotten in the bad habit of doing here lately. It's not a bad habit, it's a good habit. You know, it's it's the content that people want, it's the content that people need. It's all good. Well, I think it can I think it can drag on sometimes. But honestly, I, I've been, you know, I've talked about the third third down defenses. This is a defense that's pretty good in the red area. Yeah. Uh, that is the Bengals, anyways. They're they're only allowing um they've only allowed six touchdowns in the red area. Yeah. Uh that's a they're third in the NFL. Falcons, though, have been really good at scoring touchdowns in the red area. They're now fifth in the NFL offensively in scoring touchdowns. They've been pretty good uh as of late, but that's not where I'm talking about. That's not where I'm going. Uh-huh. Where I'm gonna go is look at this. The Falcons run offense against stacked boxes. And okay. it ha- they have gotten 22 first downs against Ooh. stacked boxes. You know, that's basically a seven, eight-man box. Yeah. Uh, got brains, rocket science or, or brain surgery to figure out what <laughs> a, a stacked box looks like. Yeah. But, but these guys have crowded the line of scrimmage. They've stacked the box, and they've dared the Falcons to run. And the yep. Falcons have... have have a league best 22 first downs against those situations. I think to me, that's what to watch how the Bengals play. Are they, you know, I'm hearing some of these national guys who haven't watched the Falcons. Oh, they're going to force Mario to beat them. Okay. Uh, you give me one-on-one sure. coverage with the pets in London. I like my chances. If you can protect Mariota, I like my chances. I don't think we're that good in pass protection. I know we're really good in run blocking. That's right. So, are they going to be able to open the offense up a little bit and, and do more than max protect two-man route kind of things? So, to me, a matchup that I'm looking for is the Falcons running against a stacked box. These are 
These are two good pass rushers on the edges here in Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. And Hendrickson, we should know because he was in New Orleans for quite a while. Now right. he went over last year as a free agent. Sam Hubbard's a guy that, they, that was drafted in Cincinnati in 2018. He's in his fifth year out of Ohio State. He's a guy that can get after. I mean, these two guys have uh, uh, right, right around 60, 61 sacks on the edges. So can we do what we've done the last few weeks, and that's run the ball effectively against stacked boxes? That's, when, that's a matchup I'm looking for. So the Falcons O-line versus the – the the Bengals front seven maybe eight. That is definitely a good matchup to look at because, like you said, <laughs> Arthur Smith been like, "Oh, you want to bring stack box? We don't care. Still gonna hand the ball off and still run it down your throat and still be the third best rushing offense in the league." So they don't care nothing about no stack boxes. They ain't worried about none of that. They said, you know, that 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 uh, Shannon Sharp meme. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. The Falcons do not care about if you stack the box or not. They're still not going to deviate from the game plan, which is run the ball, control the clock, control possession, and then when they need to, they'll hit you with a nice big pass play and uh, score some touchdowns. So good matchup there. For me, I think a matchup to watch has to be the Atlanta Falcons cornerbacks against the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver because they got a good trio wide receivers, and really they got good pass catches if you throw in Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon, who also catch uh, the ball out of the backfield as well. But I'm going to stick mainly to the wide receivers versus the cornerbacks because we talked about it on Wednesday. Casey Hayward is going to be out. He has been placed on the IR. So um, hopefully A.J. Terrell should be able to play. Uh, he will, he's been practicing and everything, so he looks to be good good to go for uh, Sunday. So I, I imagine we're going to see a lot of A.J. Terrell versus Jamar Chase. How is that matchup going to gonna gonna work out? And, you know, hopefully – some Bengals fans might be listening to this. You don't don't even try to bring up what happened in the in the championship game. That that is in the past. Both these guys are past that. They're they're very good players in the NFL now. So that was one game. Anyways. Anywho, the the real the real real matchups and you know where this could come down to is Well, hold on a second. Real quick, real quick. I think that's an interesting point. And and I love what you're saying. I don't want to I don't want I want you to finish your key. Yeah, yeah. But but that might be a situation where maybe Terrell and, and and it's not a good matchup just physically what Jamar Chase brings the way mm-hmm. AJ Terrell plays that might not be a great matchup for him so we'll be interested and see how Dean Pease looks at that and right. if, and if he and and if it's not working if he goes away I think that's an interesting matchup to watch just Terrell Chase like you mentioned yeah. I know well, you don't want to focus on that but it's going to be interesting to see how Pease decides that they need to play Jamar Chase because maybe. Maybe you put a bigger say, corner on him. You could say, "Let's get AJ over here on 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 uh, on Hig, uh, Higgins, mm-hmm. uh, T Higgins, who he who we, he went against in college at practice because that's oh, a yeah. guy." And let's let's figure out a different way to handle Jamar Chase, and maybe we shut everything else down. We we'll let Jamar have his as long as it doesn't hurt us too much. Right, right, right. That that's a good call, and that will be very interesting. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought brought that up there because you know if. I wonder if maybe they, they start out with uh, AJ versus Chase just to see how it goes. And then, you know, if, if that starts to look like it could be an issue, then DPs makes an adjustment and he's like, okay, this might not be working. Like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll put somebody else over there on Jamar Chase, maybe let him do damage or find a way to, you know, control him 
I wonder if they send a lot of, you know, help on whoever's uh, covering uh, Jamar Chase and then kind of give one-on-one matchups to the rest of the guys. So it will be, like you said, very interesting to see that, you know, kind of cat and mouse, that chess game that Dean Pisa goes with against how he wants to uh, handle Jamar Chase. But it's also going to be interesting to see how uh, D. Alford, um, Darren Hall, Isaiah Oliver, you know, who they match up with and how they play against, you know, their matchups. Because, you know, D. Alford, Darren Hall, uh, Isaiah Oliver, they're going to be on guys like, you know, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, you know, other receivers like that. So that's going to be it's just going to be very interesting to see how these corners play against these wide receivers, because you said it on Wednesday, this team, you know, you could look up if you're you hopefully you don't get caught sleeping. But this is a dynamic offense that could put 21 points up on you. Real, real quick. So the, the and Joe Burrow loves to, you know, get back there and sit in the pocket and throw the ball around. So these these Atlanta Falcons cornerbacks with Casey Hayward out is really going to have to step up against uh, this this trio of of uh, Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers. So I think that is a huge, huge, huge uh, matchup to watch. Yeah, it, uh, it is. And, you know, one one more thing for me is Joe Mixon. I wanted to talk about Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon is a guy who came out of Oklahoma and he was obviously had a lot of controversy and he settled in in his sixth year. Now he's going to settle in as a really good player. Um, right. And he, you know, we were talking about how good of a, uh, you know, how good of a, a, a receiver Christian McCaffrey was, right? And right. Christian McCaffrey can kind of do, do everything. Well, they don't need they don't rely on Joe Mixon to, to, to do as much as a receiving back, but he can. Right. And I think personally, you know, uh looking at our linebackers matching up with guys like Hayden Hurst yes. and Joe Mixon is kind of interesting. Now now Wednesday, Michael Walker was a limited participant in practice. And and yesterday, Michael Walker was a full participant. So it looks like he's going to be back. Now, yeah. D. Alfred, which you mentioned, he had, I'm just going through a little bit of this. He had a hamstring. I'm all over the place. But guys that were banged up for the Falcons and Michael Walker, A.J. Terrell, Isaiah Oliver, Adi Ogandeji, and Taquan Graham, all mm-hmm. guys that were either they were worried about or missed, limited or didn't practice on Wednesday were yeah. full goes. Okay. Um, That's good. But I'm curious to see what Dean Pease does from a matchup with their backs, like Mixon and Piran, and then Hayden Hurst. And, you know, I know Jalen Hawkins will come down and help a little bit of that, uh, and Richie Grant. But is Troy Anderson, how much playing time? He played every defensive snap against the Niners. Wow. What is Troy Anderson's role going to be? Because this yeah. is a guy that's progressing. He's getting better. Obviously, you want Michael Walker in there. But what's his role? So, basically, what I'm saying is my second and final matchup mm-hmm. is going to be the Falcons linebackers versus the receiving backs and tight ends of this Cincinnati team and how and who and where they use all these guys. So, I'm really going to be interested in what Dean Pease does. Those are your matchups to watch right there. So we have uh, we got we got the linebackers and how they're going to match up with guys like Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon, the wide receivers, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers 
versus the uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, corners. And then uh, finally, what that what again? I'm sorry, I, I, I lost track. What was your first matchup again, uh, Bo Morgan? It's just our front, our offensive line versus their their front seven, seven stack in yeah. the box. Just seeing how look, we've done well against stacked boxes this year. Are we going to be able to continue to do that? I mean, 22 first downs against stacked boxes this year. The Falcons offense has in six games. So it's a pretty good number. It's a pretty big number. Remember a team that could never get a yard back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, now they've gotten pretty good at that. So right. basically how how they handle that, that matchup of the, of our, our trenches versus their trenches. And we'll see how all those matchups play out. But now we will move on to keys to the game. And Bo, I want to start with this because I feel like this is a this is a really really big key. So I think you have to be able to you get, I'm, the big key of the game for me is is controlling controlling the ball. You got to be able to control possession here because we talked about it a little bit. This is on Wednesday, and I kind of gave a preview of this key. The best way to keep this offense, you know, the, the Cincinnati Bengals offense, the best way. To stop them is to keep them on the sideline. And I feel like there is an avenue and a path to do that if you're the Atlanta Falcons offense. This Cincinnati Bengals team, and, and you guys actually had on Dukes and Bell, you guys had Dan Horde, that's the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Bengals. You had him on uh, yesterday. And I, I remember you saying, uh, while you were doing the other side of the glass, I remember you know uh, you saying that you know he had, you know, Dan Horde was mentioning how the, the run defense, you know, has actually played pretty well and the defense played pretty well. Um and you know, he didn't mention the the two bad games that they that they had a defensively these past two weeks which I'm about to get into uh because you know, even if this defense has been good, you know, before these past two games, it's about what have you done for me lately. And what the Cincinnati Bengals um running defense has done lately has given up uh, uh 200 and I think it was 228 yards to the New Orleans Saints. And then 155 yards a week before that against the Baltimore Ravens. So this Cincinnati Bengals run defense has not been good in the past two weeks. Not been good at all. So you should be able to run the ball because we already know we like to run the ball. You should, There is an avenue, obviously, to run the ball because the past two weeks, they haven't been able to figure out how to stop the run. So if you can continue to run the ball like you've been doing, control the clock, control time of possession. Keep that Bengal offense on the sideline. I think that will that that will immensely immensely help your chances to win uh, to win this football game. So really, it's about doing what you have been doing: running the ball, controlling the clock, getting the play action going when you need to. You know, firing up the passing game when you need to, but controlling the ball, playing smash mouth football, and and running the ball down the Cincinnati Bengals' throats because they haven't been able to stop the run in the past two weeks. So a key to the game for me control the ball, and continue to run the ball like you have been doing. This is the 21st ranked run defense in the NFL. So to your point, they're, they're, not, they're not doing a great job. No. Look, I could sit here and, and, and go over a bunch of things that sound technical and blah, 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 and I'd probably be half wrong on half of them and half right on the other. Obviously, if I'm half wrong, i got to be half, you know, I also, I also have to be kind of half right because of the numbers. Right. I can give you all this BS. Uh I'm not. I'm going to be simplistic as B. Limit big plays. Yeah. Limit big plays. That's what this offense is built on. They have weapons. 
We've went over them. I'm sick of talking about them. I'm sick of talking about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. <laughs> limit the big plays. Mm-hmm. Because if you can limit big plays, if you can control the ball like you said, you're going to win this game. That's the scary part of this game for me. Not yeah. Not their edge rushers, not all the what, not, not, oh, they're going to, you know, they, they can pick you apart going down the field. To me, that's kind of, I would rather that than, than this big play after big play. Yeah. My other one, my other key, I told you mine are really simple. I'll let you get back and, mm. uh, and, and you, we can get into Dylan's deciding factor or uh, right. Pylon's factors. But <laughs> to me, very simple with, Limit their big plays, and you know what you do when. I don't, I'm sorry, I have scissors in my hand. I was making cards for the Falcons. I'm about to uh, say, man. Oh, well, Let's talk I'll about it, my, man. Violence is not the answer, Bo. Everybody knows I make the, like the little note cards for the for the for the Falcons reads and the broadcast, and I uh-huh. I do that's part of my Thursday Friday stuff. So I had the scissors because you gotta you know you gotta cut around and, and make. Don't, Anyways, don't get violent with decisions, man. Don't get violent. So, Use our words. Limit their big plays. And you know what happens when you limit their big plays? It allows you to do one thing because you, you're not, you don't get in some big hole and you can play your game. And this right. team wants to play their game. They want to bend, don't break defensively. And they want to control the ball because that means they're running the ball. That's it. That's all you got to do. You do those things, you win. You don't, you're in trouble. So limit big plays allows you to play your game, which rolls right into what you were saying about, um, you know, being able to control the ball. Because the one thing that we talked about briefly and uh, about the the Niners game is you dominated time of possession, but for one quarter, and that one quarter was the fourth quarter. But the reason why we were talking about a Falcons win. And not a loss. And Arthur said this on this with Dukes and Bell. He goes, that was the 49ers literally had the long. He was like, it's probably the longest possession I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Getting resultant points. Yep. Because they had the ball from like the 14 minute mark to the three minute mark, I think. Or maybe it was a 12 minute mark to the three minute mark. And they got no points. Zero. That's the Falcons game. That's the kind of game the Falcons want to play. That's why limiting big plays with this Bengals offense is so important. Those are the keys to the game. I want to tell you what Dylan's deciding factor is. To me, Dylan's deciding factor this week is going to be getting out to a quick start and not falling behind. I think if you fall behind early in this game, it's not going to bode well for you. You know, we talked about this the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, team not being a very good uh, run defense team. You said it, 21st ranked run defense in the National Football League this year. Well, what you don't want to have happen is the fact that you maybe can't run the ball as much as you would like to because you're down and you got to start throwing the ball. And then guess what? Guys like Trey Hendrickson and and dudes like that, the rest of that Cincinnati Bengals pass rush get to pin their ears back and try to run down Marcus Mariota. You don't want that to happen. So what you need to do is you need to make sure you stay in the game, don't get behind early, even get out to an early lead, so you can run the football. You can control the ball like we talked about, like I talked about in keys to the game. You can do all of those things, but you may not be able to do that if you get down early. So get off to a fast start, get the early lead, and even if you don't get an early lead, at least stay in the ball game. Don't fall behind more than 
like two touchdowns because you start to get, you know, down two, three touchdowns, God forbid, you got to really start, you know, changing up the game plan and throwing the ball maybe a little bit more than you want to. So Dylan's deciding factor, either get, you either get out to an early lead or you got to stay in this ball game, but don't fall behind to where you have to, you know, obviously get, get into obvious passing situations and start throwing the ball because then I think this that that's the situation where the Cincinnati Bengals defense will thrive. So again, get out to an early lead, make sure you can run the ball, and I think this Atlanta Falcons uh, football team, we, we, Monday we'll be talking about how they came uh, came away with the win. So, so don't get in a shootout. Yeah, don't you don't want to get in a shootout. You you want to be able to play your game, run the ball again, control the clock. You don't want to get in a shootout with this team because guess what? The New Orleans Saints tried that last week and they lost. So this is a team you do not want to get in a shootout win because they they got all the pieces for a shootout. And not to say that the Falcons don't, but I think the Bengals are uh, more more equipped for a shootout than the than the Atlanta Falcons are. Totally agree with that. I think we've talked about it all week as far as, you know, it, it, it kind of – all these things end up being tied together. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't limit big plays. You know how you don't – you know how you – you know what happens when you limit big plays? You don't get in a shootout most of the time. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I want a punch-for-punch punch thing. I guess with all that being said, Dylon, it's time yeah. for predictions. Let's do it. It is time for score predictions. Bo Morgan, what's going to be the final score on Sunday? You know, I, I don't. I, this is this. I, I feel like every week I've gotten to the point where I don't have a feel for the game. Um, but that being said, I I think these are two teams that are feel good about themselves coming off wins. You know, I I am I've been worried. I've talked about this with their with their big play. We we I can't know how many more times we have to talk more about. This team's big play capability, just like maybe one, one or one or two more times. Oh, I got five more hours to talk about it this afternoon. Oh yeah. What I'll say is this: I think the Falcons have done a phenomenal job under Arthur Smith with playing their game, like we've talked about. Right. I think they do it again. I think they do it again. Yeah. I think they win this game, 29-28. Uh, I think Young Way okay. Two wins it late. I think the defense has to make a hold. I think that's the the formula for this team is go up and then mm-hmm. let the de- hold on with the defense. I think the Bengals get out to a an early ten nothing lead, and then we are able to claw and fight, possess the ball back, get a couple of key stops, continue to score, and then I think we end up. Well, actually, that doesn't make any sense. It wouldn't be ten nothing. It might be fourteen nothing. It might be thirteen nothing. They're going to get up to. A, they're going to get out early. I okay. think, and I think the Falcons are going to do what they've done. On the mm-hmm. road a lot, other than the Seattle game where they started fast. I think they're gonna they're gonna claw their way back in. But at this time, this time, I think mm-hmm. they were able to finish the comeback. I think they're gonna come now. I have figured out the score's gonna be thirteen nothing. Um, in one of the second quarter, and they're gonna claw their way back. Uh-huh. Probably gonna be looking at twenty one or twenty to fourteen at the end of the first half. Falcons okay. are gonna win though twenty nine, twenty eight. Weird score. Falcons win and they cover. There, oh, there you go. Straight time this season. <laughs> we love it. Falcons are like we said, undefeated against the spread, and we think it's going to stay that way. I'm going to go Falcons 27, the Bengals 21. I, I think, uh, I think the Bengals will end up scoring first. Um, however, I think we will be able to stay kind of 
in the game. I think it's going to be more of a back and forth affair. I don't think the Bengals get up too early, too quick. Um, and I think it's kind of a back and forth affair, but the Falcons make more plays defensively uh, when they need to. We come up with a big stop. I'm going to go ahead and say that Joe Burrow throws us a, throws us a nice little pick. So I think we get an interception this game. Uh, hopefully we get like a couple fumble recoveries too. We'll see. But I'm going to I'm gonna at least predict that Joe Burrow is going to throw us one interception um, because he's been good taking care of the football lately. I think that changes up a little bit this week. So give me the Falcons 27-21. And uh, I think I think again we get a defensive stop to end the game. So give me Falcons 27-21 over the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's gonna do it for this edition of Peachtree Football. Hopefully, come Monday, Bo Morgan, we are talking about an Atlanta Falcons football team that is over 500, sitting at four and three, and you know maybe just maybe there it is. There, come on, it's, extend your elbows all the way, man. Give me a little something. It wouldn't work that way. Hey, <laughs> I know you let me worry about booth camp celebrations. You worry oh. about getting us out and previewing what we're talking about. Well, what will be released Monday? Well, I mean, hey, you know, you, like I said, you got a couple of weeks to to, to work on it. So I you don't know, have huh? any, No, I'm not. We're doing booth camp every week again. Oh, really? Oh, don't you're gonna tell have, me you're to work on, on my celebration. Hey, here's the thing. Yeah, your generation always wants to tell people how to perfect something <laughs> that they didn't even invent. I invented my version of the Gator clap. Uh -huh. Okay, now it's my celebration. I've toned it down to make it fit an Atlanta Falcons radio network broadcast booth. Let me perfect my Dylon. Just trying to just trying to give you pointers, man. I don't think. You know, when, when you see it, when you see a gator chop at, 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 at the swamp, the elbows are fully extended. It's different. No it's, no, no, no. No Don't compare what you do in the swamp to what you do at Mercedes Benz or the Falcons booth. They're different. And again, hey. last time I checked, I am not the protege. You are. <laughs> OK. OK, Master, Master Squid Billy. <laughs> well, uh, it's I, Jedi Master to you. Young Padawan. <laughs> I am going to say, though, I am excited that uh, I am learning that the booth camp is uh, traveling on the road. I did not know it was going to be on the road. About it. Huh? I'm glad someone's excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Now, I hope we score a lot of touchdowns so I can get a lot of booth camp reactions so I can, you know, talk about it on Monday. But what we also will talk about on Monday is hopefully an Atlanta Falcons win. Regardless, we're going to talk to you on Monday. We're going to break down the game. Squid's going to give you his sequences and squid sequences. So the most important sequences, the most important plays of the game that decided the game or changed the game or, you know, uh, uh, decided the outcome of the game. We'll talk about that in squid sequences. We'll give you a full breakdown of what happened on Sunday in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, in C C uh, Bengals versus Falcons. So we will talk to you on Monday. But for now, make sure you like this podcast. Follow the podcast. Download every single episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Peace Street Football is there. That is going to do it for this edition of Peace Street Football. Hopefully, we're talking about a big Falcons win on Monday. Bo Morgan and the Atlanta Falcons advancing to four and three. But until then, for Bo Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews. Until we talk to you guys next time, peace. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E H E
KGL.